Unleavened Bread Ministries presents From your hands, your feet, your side Unleavened Bread Bible Studies with David Eels Can quench my thirsting soul Purest water make me whole Let your streams of mercy flow Oh Jesus, I trust in you Greetings, saints. Many blessings to you. Thank you for joining us today for the Unleavened Bread Bible Study. God bless you and keep you. Father, we ask you for your wisdom today, your provision for all of the needs out there, Lord. And uh, we thank you for it in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. All right. Well, we're going to call this Repentance, Warfare, and Sanctification. This will be number one. In the first revelation I'm going to share with you is distractions will cause many to miss out. Well, as the parable of the sower clearly shows us, three out of four. And this was given to Taryn Ezel, 11, 27, 22. I got up around 3.30 or 4 to go to the restroom and I would say spiritually this represents riding ourselves, ridding ourselves of spiritual waste, right? Um, I, I felt like I was still in a dream state, not fully awake, and then had a vision of a man in bright white light. He was standing in the hallway and his eyes were flames of fire. The light around him was fluid and moved like water, as did the flames in his eyes. At first I thought he was an angel, but I ended up calling him Lord. <laughs> well, this is a perfect description of the Lord in Revelation 19. He said, Distraction will cause many of my people to partake to uh, not partake in the marriage supper of the Lamb. Well, you know, the marriage supper of the Lamb is actually at the end of the tribulation period, end of the seven years, when all the saints are gathered in. So what what's being said here is that not everyone is going to be there because of distractions, as as we know the parable of the sower also shows, right? As I walked back into my room, I, I said, Lord, what do you mean? Uh, in other words, uh, what, what distraction uh, are you speaking about here? Um, the phone... She asks, he didn't speak at all, um, but I was given the knowledge that it wasn't entirely the phone, but it was a multitude of things. And yes, it could be having many electronic devices that distract people very much, um, such as computers and phones, and, and they're not bad in and of themselves, Um nor hobbies, 
but they have a potential to be idols and distractions if we do not discipline our flesh nature to deny it and to be uh, entertained by these devices instead of spending time with the Lord and growing in spiritual maturity. As you know, we are running out of time, and the Lord's been telling that us that people need to spend their time concentrating on uh, on the highway of holiness. Amen. She said, later I decided to look up in the Bible what I experienced that night in the vision without knowing for sure where it was, the marriage supper of the Lamb and the Lord's eyes being like fire uh, were in the same chapter of Revelation, and I had no idea. I knew those two things were mentioned somewhere in Revelation, but I didn't realize that they were in the same chapter. Revelation nineteen six through 16 and I heard, as it were, the voice of a great multitude, as the voice of many waters, and as the voice of mighty thunders, saying, Hallelujah, for the Lord our God, the Almighty, reigneth. Let us rejoice and be exceedingly glad, and let us give the glory unto him, for the marriage of the Lamb is come, and his wife hath made herself ready. And it was given unto her that she should array herself in fine linen, bright and pure, for the fine linen is the righteous acts of the saints. And he saith unto me, Write, Blessed are they that are bidden to the marriage supper of the Lamb. And he said unto me, These are true words of God. Down in verse 11, And I saw the heaven opened, and behold, a white horse, and he that sat thereon called Faithful and True. In righteousness he doth judge and make war, and his eyes are a flame of fire, and upon his head are many diadems. And he hath a name written which no one knoweth but he himself. And he is arrayed in garments sprinkled with blood, and his name is called the Word of God. The armies which are in heaven followed him upon white horses, clothed in fine linen, white and pure. And out of him, his mouth proceedeth a sharp sword, that with it he should smite the nations. He shall rule them with a rod of iron, and he treadeth the winepress of the fierceness of the wrath of God Almighty. And he hath on his garment, on his thigh, uh, a name written, King of Kings and Lord of Lords. And uh, also Isaiah 25, 6 through 9. And in this mountain, and we believe this is Mount Zion, will the Lord of hosts make unto all peoples a feast of fat things, a feast of wines on the lees, of fat things full of marrow, of wines on the lees, well refined. He will destroy in this mountain the face of the covering that covereth all peoples, and the veil that is spread over all nations. He hath swallowed up death forever, and the Lord will wipe away tears from off all faces, and the reproach of his people will he take away from off of all the earth, for the Lord hath spoken it. And it shall be said in that day, Lo, this is our God, we have waited for him, and he will save us, this is the Lord, we have waited for him. We will be glad and rejoice in his salvation. 
Now, I've shared with you about um, the timing of the marriage supper of the Lamb, uh, which is at the end of the tribulation period. But the Lord appearing in that way with judgment in his eyes uh, is something that is happening now also. And um, uh, because the bride and the man-child are going through a sequence of events to purify them and and uh, bring them to their crosses. And, of course, their enemies, their factious enemies, have risen up against them to crucify them. But God, uh, when he does return, like in Isaiah, his blood garments are stained with the blood of the Edomites, those who uh, wickedly pursued the destruction of God's chosen people. So there's a period of time there. Then there is a time when God deals with the church, which is the tribulation period, and the Lord is going to end up the same place, a great and terrible day of the Lord at the end, just like is happening in this time. Many, many people are being taken away and will be taken away. Okay. Okay. Uh, the next revelation, I'm going to share just a portion of Samuel Fire's um, early 2019 revelation that we call Distractions and Mass Delusions Lead to Hell. And I'm just repeating this portion of it because it fits so well with everything else that's being said here and the importance of what God is emphasizing in these days. And Samuel said, I was taken into uh, an open vision and I saw things from my perspective but I was in a completely different place. I was outside a theme park and had uh, tall walls and all sorts of enticing pictures and happy faces, and the main gate had a giant smiling clown on top of it. And he said, I remembered uh, Garrett's revelation of the devil being a clown, and he laughed. Um the theme park was so large that it went on as far as I could see on the left and the right of my view. And uh, a very long line of people waited to go in, and I could hear the sounds of rides and carnival music and laughter. Well, we believe that this theme park represents the entertainment and the distractions of the world. People want to be entertained, and they want to be distracted. But this is not the time. Judgment is awaiting. A great and terrible day of the Lord is coming. So, um, he went on, however, I knew something was not right. And uh, I believe this was representing the discernment of the Holy Spirit. He said, I was very distraught, and I yelled at the people waiting in the line, Don't go in there. I would approach every person I could, grab them, look them in the eye, and try to convince them to not go in. Many just ignored me or cussed and swore at me. Some threw a beverage or something at me. I just was running back and forth along the line, yelling, crying out, and screaming for them not to go in. Well, not one person, who was, of course, waiting to go in, <laughs> listened. Yes, they all thought these other things were very important. But very shortly, everybody's going to know that they're not important. 
We always uh, try to warn people of their impending destruction, but uh, many don't have ears to hear and will persecute us for trying to tell them the truth. These are those who were not elect from the foundation of the world. As in the parable of the sower, three out of four fell away because of distractions, right? Well, the vision then changed perspective, and I was in the Spirit. I I could see the side angle of the theme park, just as a person would enter the gate to go in. There was a cliff, and they fell off down into hell, and I was in horror. The whole thing was a trick. Well, of course, uh, the strongest delusion that the devil perpetuates is that evil doesn't exist and the devil and hell aren't real. And, um, you know, uh, he said, I encourage everyone to seek him and be humble to jump out of that line to the amusement park. Well, amen. I agree with that wholeheartedly. We just, God is saying, we just don't have time for this. Colossians 3, 1 and 2 says, uh, If then you were raised together with Christ, seek the things that are above where Christ is seated on the right hand of God. Set your mind on the things that are above, not on the things that are upon the earth. Amen. These things are not important. Get rid of distractions in your life. Get rid of them, you know. Where we're going... They will just cause many to fall away. And also, um, 1 John two fifteen through 17 Love not the world, neither the things that are in the world. If any man love the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh and the lust of the eyes and the vainglory of life is not of the Father, but is of the world. And the world passeth away, and the lust thereof. But he that doeth the will of God abideth forever. Okay. And uh, Winnie Asageda, on 11-17-22, received this. We called it, Avoiding Distractions to Be a Good Steward. I had a two-part dream. In the first dream, I was uh, in a subway train in New York, and Shay got on a few minutes later. Um, we we need to get out of the subway, representing the low road, so to speak, um, and um, and into the highway of holiness that leads to Zion. Uh, some are going to miss Zion. They're going to miss the bride because of this. Uh, and we're all in this process. We should be. Um, I said hello to her um, as we were speaking, and I realized I had missed my stop. We got off so that I could take the train back a few stops. Uh, I was going to a salon to get my hair done. And fellowship can be a good thing as long as it is in the Lord. If we get caught up in too much speaking, um, we will miss God's timing. 
and uh, and if we get distracted with uh, unfruitful fellowship, you know, just entertaining the flesh, it's going to set us back on our journey out of the subway, right? And uh, going to get hair done represents improved uh, submission to the Lord. But a distraction uh, was delaying this, okay? So, uh... Shay got off with me, she said, so that we could talk because she wanted to tell me something. And when we got off, I asked her if she wanted to walk with me to the other side to get on the train going back a few stops. But she said she couldn't because she was on her way to work and didn't have time. Well, I think this is symbolical, you know. We can't afford setbacks. We must learn the value of hard work and responsibility in our spiritual walk and uh, diligence to avoid being distracted. Amen. She began to tell me about the uh, managers at her job. She worked at some sort of retail store in this dream, and she told me that they were getting rid of the managers at her job because they were doing a bad job. Well, we have to be good stewards or managers of what the Lord has entrusted us with. We need to understand the seriousness of the Lord's culling process and learn to be a reliable employee for the Lord, so to speak. And uh, many of the managers probably represent also the leadership, okay? Uh, In the second dream, it was a bright sunny day out, and I was in a car with Shay on a highway, and she was driving. Well, um, they, they finally made it out of the subway, obviously, and onto the highway of holiness, right? And as we were driving, we saw a large inflatable caricature of Trump to our left on the highway. The inflatable doll was an insulting image, like a mockery of of Trump. Well, we know that Trump has been a political distraction to the patriotic people of God. And, um, you know, God's people should not be distracted with the three-ring circus of politics. Just pray for him and pray for what's going on. You're here to change things, and you can change them, but you don't have to get caught up in them. It seemed like there was a man inside this inflatable costume, inflatable costume, but I don't know who. Well, it's a, a big inflated show to keep the masses distracted. It's man-oriented, right? I told Shay not to focus on it as it was a distraction because we didn't want to veer off the road and fall into a ditch. (laughs) It seems I was helping her drive and giving her some tips. Well, uh, in life, distractions will cause wrecks and sidetrack us off of the highway of holiness, right? That's a wreck we cannot afford. She agreed, and we exited to the right on the next exit, and we're in another area in downtown New York City. That's a good place to not be in, (laughs) I would say. Uh, 
Uh, in fact, any big city is where a lot of the sin is and a lot of the judgment comes according to the scriptures. Okay. As we exited, I said, just like that, referring to the cars that had been in an accident, meaning that it was exactly what we wanted to avoid. Yes. By staying clear of distractions, right? We saw them fall off the left side of a bridge just up ahead. Well, we know the rebellious goats are set on Jesus' left, and the Lord is saying in this dream that distractions are uh, rebellion. Amen. We got out of the car to see if the people were okay, and when we got out, I noticed Shay had lost some weight, representing a loss of flesh and dying to self, right? Amen. And, of course, on the Highway of Holiness, that's what you do, right? And as we discipline ourselves to obey God's word, our flesh falls off and our spirit man gets stronger. Amen. As we were walking towards uh, the accident, I asked her again about the managers at her job and what would be happening to them. Well, the Lord is indicating through uh, Winnie's question uh, while walking towards the accident what will happen to the bad managers, right? Amen. We made it to the area where the two cars had fallen, and unfortunately, the people were dead. And, uh, well, eventually, they become reprobated or spiritually dead, like the three out of four in the parable of the sower who fell away. Your spiritual man needs to be fed. He has to be fed the Word and the life of Christ and prayer and the things that are necessary to cause him to grow up and overcome the old man, right? There were quite a few of them lying on the ground. I remember seeing an Asian man whose body was contorted and his skin color was very gray. Well, the Asian man probably represents the strange or foreign children born to the harlot who uh, will fall off the bridge and fall off the road, the highway of holiness. They're distracted by the world because they love the world, and the love of the Father is not in them. There was also a pregnant woman, I remember, who also lost her life, of course, with her fruit, right? Uh, she lost her fruit because of distractions. And I remember being saddened by this very shocking image, and then I woke up. And I asked Chuck to get me a verse by faith at random, and he received Daniel 5 and 7, 7 through 9 for context. The king cried aloud to bring in the enchanters, the Chaldeans, the soothsayers, the king spake and said to the wise men of Babylon, Whosoever shall read this writing and show me the interpretation thereof shall be clothed with purple and have a chain of gold about his neck and shall be the third ruler in the kingdom. Of course, we know that ended up being Daniel as a type of the man-child at the time of the handwriting on the wall, right? Then came in all the king's wise men, but they could not read the writing, nor make known to the king the interpretation. 
And I want to say there's a whole lot of people out there that are consider themselves wise men and consider themselves who know prophecy and so on that just don't know what's coming. Then was King Belshazzar uh, greatly troubled, and his countenance was changed in him, and his lords were perplexed. Then was Daniel brought in before the king, verse 13. And when Daniel interpreted the writing on the wall, he was anointed, and we're close to the anointing of the man-child who then chooses the bride, and we must be ready for this without distraction. That's also the timing uh, when the man-child, the anointed man-child, uh, judges Edom. I also asked for a word and shuffled my scripture playlist and received Psalm 90 and 12, 9 through 12 for context. For all our days are passed away in thy wrath. We bring our years to an end as a sigh. The days of our years are threescore years and ten, or even by reason of strength, fourscore years. Yet is their pride but labor and sorrow, for it is soon gone and we fly away. Who knoweth the power of thine anger and thy wrath according to the fear that is due unto thee? So teach us to number our days. In other words, since you know this wrath is coming, it's been repeated to us over and over and over. Teach us to number our days that we may get us a heart of wisdom. We must redeem the time we have come to to come into his image, right? We have time left to come into his image, and we must reuse every bit of it for that. And then uh, Claire Pinar sent this um that she got 6-20-22. We called it man-child coming to deliver his bride. This is true. I dreamed that I, uh, representing the bride, I believe, was at a banquet hall getting food to serve to my family. And Rian, uh, her husband, said, the bride is currently getting spiritual food for her spiritual children in preparation for the seven-year marriage feast. Yes, amen. And one of my worldly friends from childhood was getting married, and she wanted me to come to her wedding reception instead. Well, this represents immature apostate Christians who think they are marrying the real Jesus. But not only is it a false Jesus, in many cases, uh, they have a false idea of the bride. Right? I tried as hard as I could, but I could not get away from the banquet I was already at. I tried setting alarms. I asked Rion to help me. I asked my children to help me remember. But all my attempts to go to her wedding reception were useless. Well, that's because God is sovereign, and he's going to keep some people on the right road. Amen. The worldly church cannot identify the groom or the bride. And this only comes through knowledge of the Word of God, which they are not taking time for this revelation to come into their heart. Uh, the Holy Spirit will bring all things to remembrance, but you have to put it in there first, right? 
And Rion said, prepare the food and don't get distracted. Amen. This is what's going to happen. You remember the bride and the bridegroom, John the Baptist, pointed to Jesus and those first fruits disciples as the bride and the bridegroom. And, uh, of course, they were preparing food for the people. Spiritual food. The scene changed, and my family and I were in huge waves with riptides. We were training for something like a race. We were all very lean and muscular. Well, the wind and the waves represent being tested by the water of the Word. When we get the water of the Word, it has to be tested. It has to be gotten down inside of us as a a manifestation, right? Just then we looked up and there was a huge lamb coming towards us in the sky. He was a perfectly white, very large lamb. We started praising God. Well, I believe this represents the coming of the Lord in the larger man-child body of reformers. And that's what they're praising God about is because this new leadership is going to take the place of the apostate leadership that's been leading God's people astray. The scene changed, and we were back in the banquet room. And Rion said, Now the marriage feast is about to start because the man-child has arrived. Amen. This time I could see the kitchen staff. One man, who looked like a chef, got so angry when he heard about the lamb coming. His face contorted like he had a demon inside of him. Well, this chef represents the apostate church leadership who, like the Pharisees of Jesus' day, are doing their own thing, and uh, and they persecute the man-child and, of course, Jesus in the man-child. Because Jesus said, Whatsoever have done the least of these, my brethren, they have done it unto me. Right? And the bride. They persecute the man-child and the bride. They want their own thing. They don't want anybody to get in the way. They don't want the people to follow somebody else. They're angry. Right? Like the Pharisees. I looked at what he was preparing in the kitchen, and he said, I hope they never find out. He was serving nothing but mud. (laughs) He made it look good on the outside, but in reality, it was all mud. In other words, from the earth, right? Worthless. And Rion said, some will be very angry, perhaps those who preached a pre-trib rapture, or those who questioned the man, child, and bride prophecies, and uh, they will realize their Spiritual food that they have been preparing was not good, um, inside or out. It only looked good on the outside. Yeah, Ezekiel 34 and 18 says, Seemeth it a small thing unto you to have fed upon the good pasture, but you must tread down with your feet the residue of your pasture, and to have drunk the clean waters, but you must foul the residue with your feet. And, of course, the sheep have to drink that muddy water, right? We never received uh, this food. We never saw it on our tables. Amen. The bride will not partake in the Pharisees' spiritual food. 
We were waiting for a flight, and I realized we had to go quickly. Rian said, the woman will flee into the wilderness. And my thought was, on the wings of the eagle in Revelation 12. Yes, indeed. There's the flight right there. And Rian went on to say, as the dragon is looking to devour her and the man-child. Yes, all of that story is in Revelation 12, and we're there. I walked towards where there were escalators out of the restaurant, but these were either not working or they were going in the opposite direction, up to up. In other words, they were going down. Right? I was so thankful for the training in the waves as our thighs were strong enough to get to the top. Even though it was hard work, we seemed to be able to endure it, and we were at the top very quickly without much effort. Yes, when you're going through uh, boot camp, it's not so pleasant, but um, when you really need that strength and that wisdom about warfare, it's necessary to have been there, right? And this represents being spiritually exercised by the water of the Word to climb towards the heavenly places in Christ. Uh, however, I had to tell my youngest daughter that she'd have to leave her favorite toy koala behind. Well, Claire uh, said that koalas are very lazy animals that sleep for 22 hours a day and have very poor nutrition. <laughs> and Rion said, uh, the word koala means no water. This toy koala represents dead doctrines that are void of the true food of the word, and it can't be taken into the wilderness and must be left behind. People who are too lazy to partake of the true word, the true nutrition, are not going to make it. They can't bear fruit. We are commanded to work out our, our own salvation with fear and trembling, but many are too lazy to do this, and they're content with man's answers, right? Proverbs 17 and 2 says, A servant that dealeth wisely shall have rule over a son that causeth shame, and shall have part in the inheritance among the brethren. Amen. It's so true. I woke up as we were just getting off the escalator where there was a, a lady spraying people with expensive perfume as they walked past. And uh, Claire said, uh, it reminds me of Psalm 141 and 2. Let my prayer be set forth as incense before thee. And Rion said, a reminder to pray fervently. It is a sweet smell to the Lord. Amen. Pray without ceasing. Pray without ceasing. I asked the Lord for a word by faith at random and received Isaiah 56, 5. Unto them will I give in my house and within my walls a memorial and a name better than of sons and of daughters. There it is again. I will give them an everlasting name that shall not be cut off. Amen. And then we had a revelation from Gabby Dibble. 
822-22. We called it Jesus is the Way to God. I dreamed I was in a community of believers. Something had happened within the group that had seemed to be a huge distraction away from the Lord. There, now, we didn't tell people, you know, uh, what everybody else was thinking here. These things just come in at the right time, you know, um, and they confirm one another. That's the way the Lord does it. There, Therefore, there was a separation within the group. Yes, uh, a huge distraction and caused a separation within the group. So as the Lord said in Terran's revelation above, many will not make the cut because of distractions. Four of us who were like-minded began driving in a vehicle. Then we started walking in the streets to pray and focus on the Lord for the direction and to hear His voice. Amen. The street uh, we were walking was the street of where I grew up. It's called North Heartland. North Heartland. Satan wanted to uh, usurp the throne of God, which the Bible says is located in the north. In Isaiah 14 and 13, uh, the mount of congregation in the uttermost parts of the north. Heartland is a play on words and represents that all those in the kingdom of God are given the heart of Christ and are walking in his love. Amen. And many of, uh, uh, she said, many of my dreams take place around my parents' home. Well, and I believe that this probably represents uh, the original church that we are born again into, right? As we were walking, I looked at the sky and saw a white minivan with a red ladder on top. And I believe that this represents our um, heavenly vehicle. Uh, we climb into the heavenly places in Christ by His blood that He sacrificed uh, for our sins. And Jesus' blood represents the red ladder that enables us to enter heaven. The angels are ministering spirits sent to minister salvation to us through the blood. Uh, John 1 and 51 says, And he saith unto him, Verily, verily, I say unto you, You shall see the heaven opened, and the angels of God ascending and descending upon the Son of Man. Well, this was um, foreshadowed by Jacob's revelation of the angels ministering to him from heaven by the ladder, which is Jesus, the Word, right? It is the way to heaven. It's the way also that the angels come and minister to us from heaven or minister to us the things from heaven. Amen. Uh, Genesis 28 and 12. And he dreamed, and behold, a ladder set up on the earth, and the top of it reached to heaven. And behold, the angels of God ascending and descending upon it. 
Amen. So, Jesus is the way. The Word is the way. Okay, we don't want to get distracted. This is most important. You may miss only a particular ministry, you know, like the man-child or the bride or, or whatever, or you might miss heaven completely. We don't want to be distracted. Many fall away and don't come back, as the parable of the sower shows us. It is clear. So, uh, it was a clear image. I knew instantly that it meant something, and I was so excited. I then told the three that were with me, it's a sign from God. They didn't see it at first, but in a few seconds they also saw it, and they continued walking, but I wanted to keep seeing this in the sky. I didn't want to keep walking, but I didn't want to fall behind them either. Well, we we have to keep our eyes on the ladder or the way to heaven, which is Jesus. And this is more important than keeping up with anybody else. Amen? And then we got this from uh, Theo Galchenko, 11, 11, and 22. We called it Waters of Revival, Wash the House Clean. I dreamed I was visiting family in California. And as I looked out of the window of the building we were in, I saw a huge black ash cloud coming right at us, which covered the whole sky and blocked out the light. Well, let me just say that the much of the corruption in the United States started in California. Uh, the very, very leftist state there. Um, this ash comes from the volcanic eruptions, so spiritually it represents darkness from hell spewed out upon the earth. And it is so true. The next instant, a flood came, and the water rose above the window, so we were underwater, but we were dry as the water did not enter the building. Well, I think this appears like those abiding in the house of God for the Passover, who are washed clean by the waters of the Word and revival. The next image I saw, the floodwaters had reached, has, excuse me, had receded, and no trace of black ash was seen anywhere in the immediate area that I was in. Well, meaning, of course, that God will bring his place, his people to a place of safety, not necessarily physically, but a place of safety from uh, the garbage that's being spewed out to take them, kind of like the dragon in Revelation 12, right? I could not see past the building and uh, yard we were in, but the sky was also clear. Well, the clear word will wash away from the elect the darkness that the modern-day Pharisees have imposed on the church. Amen. Uh, Claire Pinar, uh, 8-14-21, got this. We called, A Bride Stops Cleaning the Harlot's Mess. Amen. 
In, in this dream, Claire represents the bride because her name means brilliant, and the bride's garments are bright and pure, as is spoken of in Revelation 19 and 8. And it was given unto her that she should array herself in fine linen, bright and pure, for the fine linen is the righteous acts of the saints. And uh, Rion here represents the, um, the man-child body of reformers. Um, as his name means, Little Lion King. Amen. And uh, she said, I dreamed that I was in the lodge that belonged to the mine that my husband worked at. Okay. The lodge represents uh, the Lord's house. And Claire's husband, Rion, represented the man-child, Jesus, our heavenly husband, who is uh, a minor, uh, M-I-N-E-R, that uh, brings forth treasure out of our earthly vessels. Amen. And there was a little Korean woman who was supposed to be to clean the place. All right. Hosea 5, 5 through 7. Uh, well, first of all, I believe that she represents probably the foreign woman, um, uh, the strange children that the harlot produces. But Hosea 5, 5 through 7 says, And the bride and the pride of Israel doth testify to his face. Therefore Israel and Ephraim shall stumble in their iniquity. Judah also shall stumble with them. They shall go with their flocks and with their herds to seek the Lord, but they shall not find him. He hath withdrawn himself from them. They have dealt treacherously against the Lord, for they have borne strange children. Well, um, she went on to say, her vacuum cleaner looked pathetic and almost broken, and she seemed to have no idea how to clean. Well, it's kind of true about the apostate house, you know. They aren't taught sanctification in uh, the apostate church system. They are satisfied to be religious, right? And uh, there's there's no power in that, obviously. Uh, I brought my heavy-duty red vacuum cleaner in and started cleaning. It was so effective, and yet there was so much dirt and dust. My red vacuum cleaner represents the blood of Jesus that cleanses us from all unrighteousness. The Korean's uh, broken vacuum cleaner represents the Harlot Church's broken gospel of self-works. Well, amen, I agree. The dust was in thick layers, like lint from a clothes dryer, and I had to empty my vacuum cleaner after each room's cleaning. It was intense. The Korean woman followed me around like a shadow, but she did not have my vacuum, so even if she learned to do everything I did, she did not have the same equipment that helped me to clean effectively. Well, in that case, they need to learn. People don't need to teach before they know. 
The Lord said, get the board out of your eye so you can see clear to get the moat out of your brother's eye, right? So, the elect among the apostates will take interest in the bride's cleanliness and want to imitate her, but will have to be taught sanctification. I kept on thinking, when is Rion coming? Well, uh, we're all we're all watching and waiting expectantly for the return of the man-child in his reformers. Amen. Then I heard Rion's voice explaining a more efficient way to vacuum. I agreed with him and made changes to how I held and cleaned with the vacuum cleaner. And this, of course, represents the bride hearing the voice of the Lord and repenting for a, a deeper spiritual cleaning and uh, learning how to clean, right? The bride is going to learn from the man-child like those first disciples did from Jesus on how to clean up what was a mess in the church, right? Then a dyed blonde woman came in inspecting the place. Well, this fake blonde uh, represents the apostate church leadership. They aren't really submitted to the son, S-O-N slash S-U-N. They are only pretending to be righteous. And she's, she'd never cleaned the place herself. She was not training the Korean girl, and she was just critical of everything I had done. We know how that happens. And uh, Matthew 23 and 13 says, Woe unto you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites, because you shut the kingdom of heaven against men. For you enter not in yourselves, neither suffer ye them that are entering in to enter. Also, she messed up the rooms as she went along inspecting and I had to clean up after her again. Yep, anywhere these apostates go, they make a mess. They turn people away from righteousness and truth, you know, and so on. I was in the middle of the second round of cleaning when Rion came to fetch me. Well, the man-child is coming to choose the bride and to send them forth to clean up the church, as it was in Jesus' day. Amen. The word by faith at random that I received was from 1 Kings 11 and 32. But he shall have one tribe for my servant David's sake and for Jerusalem's sake, the city which I have chosen out of all the tribes of Israel. And we know that that city is called the Bride in the book of Revelation. And the Lord in the man-child will come first to Zion, and then the word of reformation will go forth from Zion to the church, as it was in Jesus' day. Amen. All right. Uh, we call this the beast machine. And it was given to Samuel Fire. On eleven five twenty two, I saw a vision of a very intricate and complex machine turning on, 
yet not fully started up, but just powering up. Well, I think this is probably representing the one world order that is upon us. Both the Alliance and the Deep State are vying for control of it. (laughs) The Deep State is losing, but will still bring about much death. And the Alliance has built a one world order in order to conquer the Deep State. And all the nation's militaries seem to be with them in this war. They are winning. Well, this machine was gigantic, Samuel said, and was made from every kind of material, especially metal. It had every kind of moving part, such as cogs, gears, rods, cables, chains. It also had all types of lights, bells, and whistles, and so on. And this, of course, is the beast machine everything was not specific he said to to any particular age in time it had parts combined with the earliest times until now uh, every type of tech and advancement these were all mixed together and jumbled with no distinct sections well this um This beast is made up of all the nations, tribes, and tongues, and encompasses the whole world. It is a a new UN conquered by the old UN. Okay. It, It looked like a gigantic building and squarely shaped, he said. Uh, well, we know that the satanic elites, um, have set up what is called uh, black cubes of Saturn or uh, Satan all over the world. You might not know it, but uh, the entire world has been worshiping Saturn for thousands of years. And uh, I'm going to leave an article here on Saturn worship, the black cube of Cronus. Okay, to give you some information there. Um... There were hundreds of angels or beings. I'm not sure if they were holy or fallen. These workers being, be, these worker beings were quickly running around all over the machine to get it to operate. Mm-hmm. Well, Satan and his fallen angels, with God's permission, are feverishly working to get the one world beast system operational. Amen. Some people cried out, It started! Mm, Because they saw the on button was engaged. And some said, Not until all the lights turn on would it be uh, started. And others said, Not until it does something or sounds out. But I felt it would be too late once the machine begins to move. Amen. I agree. It's And God has ordained it. God has prophesied the coming of this beast, and there's no use in you trying to stop it. It has a purpose in God's kingdom. The first seal of the tribulation begins with the man-child's anointing in Revelation 6, 1 and 2. 
And I saw when the Lamb opened one of the seven seals, and I heard one of the four living creatures saying, As with a voice of thunder, Come. And I saw, and behold, a white horse, and he that sat thereon had a bow. And there was given unto him a crown, and he came forth conquering and to conquer. And uh, let me say that the second seal is the first real world war in Revelation 6, 3, and 4. And when he opened the second seal, I heard the second living creature saying, Come, and another horse came forth, a red horse. And to him that sat thereon, it was given to take peace from the earth, the earth. And that they should slay one another, and there was given unto him a great sword. Well, this is this war gone awry, I'm pretty sure. Um, at any rate, uh, we haven't seen anything yet compared to what's coming. It is, like I said, a great and terrible day of the Lord, not the great and terrible day of the Lord at the end of the tribulation. And he went on to say, I heard the Lord say, Repent, my dear ones, be perfected now, and remain on target. Aim high. Declare your love. Keep all eyes on me. I will give you important tasks. You won't be bored with me. Keep focused. In other words, don't get distracted. Amen. Then uh, Gabby Dibble, 10-27-21, got this. We call denial will lead to destruction. I dreamed I was standing next to my old swing set in my parents' backyard. Uh, the old swing set in the parents' backyard, I believe, represents our youthful instability in the past when we were still in apostate religion that um, are born out of it. But now that we are mature, we don't swing back and forth any longer, right? Um, there was a girl beside me whom I didn't know personally. I believe this girl represents our spiritual man that we are unfamiliar with in the beginning of our walk, but we become better acquainted uh, with her over time. I saw two barns in this backyard. The first was uh, an empty red barn. Well, as we will see, the red barn represents judgments that are stored up uh, for the lukewarm apostate church that is asleep. And she said the second barn was a police barn. I believe that's representing the watchmen on the wall who are supposed to be vigilant in warning the people of God about the things that are coming and the law of God, the words of God, the commands of God. Hosea 9, 7-9 says, The days of visitation are come. The days of recompense are come. Israel shall know it. The prophet is a fool. The man that hath the spirit is mad. 
for the abundance of thine iniquity, and because the enmity is great. Ephraim was a watchman with my God. As for the prophet, a fowler's snare is in all of his ways, and enmity in the house of his God. And they have deeply corrupted themselves, as in the day of Gebeah. He will remember their iniquity, he will visit their sins. Yeah, many of the people that they that teach prophecy aren't prophets and shouldn't be teaching prophecy either because all they know is the letter, and they're leading people astray, and especially with their all-fly-away rapture, right? I knew there was something terribly wrong in the red barn, something more than what meets the eye. I knew there was a fire inside of this barn, yet it wasn't visible yet. Well, the invisible fire represents the fire of judgment that is stored up against the apostate church that they are ignorant of. In 1 Peter 4 and 17, For the time is come for judgment to begin at the house of God, and if it begin first at us, what shall be the end of them that obey not the gospel of God? Hmm. And also Second Peter uh, 3, 3 through 7. Knowing this first, that in the last days, now we're definitely there, mockers shall come with mockery, walking after their own lusts, and saying, Where is the promise of his coming? For from the day that the fathers fell asleep, all things continue as they were from the beginning of the creation. For this they willfully forget, that there were heavens from of old, and an earth compacted out of water and amidst water, by the word of God, by which means the world that then was being overflowed with water perished, but the heavens that now are and the earth by the same word have been stored up for fire, being reserved against the day of judgment and destruction of ungodly men. Yes, there is a destruction coming to the church. We are receiving it over and over. And that's because the church is in apostasy, and whenever they've been in that shape, the beast conquers them, you know. I didn't have the thought to put out the fire, but that they needed to flee the fire. That's right. It has to be. The fire has to be. It has to cleanse, right? We cannot stop the judgment of God, but those of us who are awake can warn others of the impending judgments so that they might escape. Amen. The red barn was maybe 200 feet away from the police barn. My fear was that the fire was spreading to the police barn. I began to yell, attempting to awaken the policemen, because they were all asleep. Yes, they are. Isaiah 56, 10 and 11 says this, His, that is Israel's, Watchmen are blind. They are all without knowledge. They are all dumb dogs. They cannot bark. Dreaming, lying down, loving to slumber. Yea, the dogs are greedy, 
They can never have enough. And these are shepherds that cannot understand. They have all turned to their own way, and each one to his gain from every quarter. Amen. It is true. An ex-policeman named Shane that I am friends with in real life came out of the barn and said, There's no fire. It's nothing. Well, Shane means God is gracious. I met him at a previous ministry that I left because of the deception there. Well, there are many who are currently deceived in apostate ministries, and they are in denial that their lifestyles will bring judgment upon them. But as we will see, God will be gracious to give some eyes to see and spare them in the judgment. Amen. I reply, yes, it's inside the red barn, meaning the fire, the judgment. You just can't see it yet. He went back inside the police barn, seemingly not caring. Um, I continued to try waking them up, but I didn't know what to do. I was getting desperate because they weren't acknowledging me. I then grabbed a megaphone that was on my swing set, and instead of speaking into the megaphone because that wasn't doing anything, I pressed the loud siren button that sounded very similar to a police siren. And as I sounded the siren, the red barn then burst into flames. That very second, straight through the middle of the barn, the flames were huge and tall. I knew the fire was made visible because of the siren. Well, the siren, of course, warns people, and when they don't take warning, there's judgment. God will give his elect in uh, the apostate church leadership eyes to see and ears to hear, and they will become spiritually awakened because of the fires of judgment. Amen. And the rest will just be destroyed. Movement then began in the police barn, and they were using their weapons against the fire. Moments later, the fire stopped from the red barn, and it crumbled and disappeared. <laughs> okay. Well, uh, when the leadership is awakened to the dangers of sin and apostasy, they're able to use their weapons of repentance and spiritual warfare against the sin and the flesh, and they can put out the fires of judgment against them. Amen? Just as uh, many of us have come through those, you know, testes, those filters, you know, that we call the denominations and came out on the other side to know more and to do more and to be able to come against uh, the apostasy, so more people will. I was told by Shane once he came out <laughs> that three of the policemen were burned up and gone. It sounds like the three in the parable of the sower, right? He was the prominent fighter and leader. Two out of five survived, and Shane, meaning God is gracious, was one of them. 
Shane said, they didn't make it because they didn't fight against the fire. Amen. So they don't know that they have any authority to cast down judgment with when they're repentant. We must fight against sin and the flesh or we won't make it. We won't make it into the kingdom of heaven. Amen. And neither will the people that are following us, right? I was then standing with this same girl from the beginning. And this is representing our spiritual man who, as we will see, has borne much fruit through the fiery trials. Amen. I wanted to go back in time to save more of the men, but I couldn't because in front of me there were multiple children, and I knew going back in time would potentially harm them, so I didn't. Well, we can't uh, shrink back. Hebrews 10 and 39 says, But we are not of them that shrink back unto perdition, but of them that have faith unto the saving of the soul. God is sovereign, and He works all things after the counsel of His own will. It is futile to dwell in the past because we can't change what has already happened, but we can trust God that those things that have happened uh, in the past will multiply the good fruit in our lives, representing the children, right? Amen. So, uh, Tiana Fire, eleven one twenty two got this that we call Lay Aside Every Weight. These are those distractions, right? In a vision, I saw an empty, open space. Above was light peeking through, and below was darkness, and I was in between them. Well, our spirit man is somewhere between the light and the darkness on our journey towards heavenly places in Christ, right? And Romans seven fourteen through 25 says this, For we know that the law is spiritual, but I am carnal, sold under sin. For that which I do, I know not, for not that which I would, that do I practice. But what I hate, that I do. But if what I would not, that I do, I consent unto the law that it is good. So now it's no more I that do it, but the sin which dwelleth in me. So God separates you from the sin when you decide, God, you are right, I repent. But I need your help to get there, right? And, of course, Jesus gave us that. For I know that in me, that is in my flesh, dwelleth no good thing. For to will is present with me, but to do that which is good is not. For the good which I would, I do not, but the evil which I would not, that I practice. But if what I would not, that I do, it's no more I that do it, but the sin which dwelleth in me. So God separates the new man from the old man. Right? The old man has to die. You can't regenerate him. Right? And we reckon ourselves to be dead unto sin, but alive unto God. Let not sin therefore reign in your mortal body. 
Amen. Romans chapter 6. Remember that. And verse 21 goes on to say, I find then the law that to me who would do good, evil is present. For I delight in the law of God after the inward man, but I see a different law in my members, warring against the law of my mind and bringing me into captivity under the law of sin which is in my members. Wretched man that I am, who shall deliver me out of the body of this death? Many people have come to that place, I know. And I thank God through Jesus Christ our Lord, so that I of myself with the mind indeed serve the law of God, but with the flesh the law of sin. And the solution, of course, uh, was in chapter 8, um, and that is the Lord himself has already made way for your deliverance. And uh, remember to reckon yourself to be dead unto sin, but alive unto God. If you don't want to sin, God doesn't want it either, and he will help you. I thank God through Jesus Christ was the solution in uh, Romans chapter 8. So, uh, I was holding on to a pole with my arms and legs wrapped around it, holding on for dear life. The pole was moving up and up. Things were falling out of the pockets of my clothing. Things were just falling off of me into the darkness. But I stayed attached to the pole with everything in me. Well, I believe Jesus represents the serpent on the pole or the cross who uh, bore our curse so that we could ascend into heavenly places to be seated with Christ. Amen. And as you know, the snake bites uh, didn't affect them when they got their eyes on the serpent on the pole. And uh, in other words, they held on to the gospel, the good news. Amen. Well, then the vision ended. When I was seeking the Lord about what this vision meant, I felt that the closer we get to Father God and Jesus, the more the evil just falls off of us. Well, amen. I agree. And Samuel said, The items that are falling out are worldly things trying to weigh us down. These things can be taken with us uh, can't be taken with us to heaven, he said. Amen. Hebrews 12 and 1. Therefore let us also, seeing that we are compassed with so great a cloud of witnesses, lay aside every weight. Lay them aside. Depart from them. Anything in the world that's dragging you back, you know, get rid of it. You don't have time. You want to escape the judgment of the red barn, right? And the sin which does so easily beset us, let us run with patience the race that is set before us. Don't be weighed down by the things of the world or the people of the world. Run the race. The following day, after having this vision above, we were driving in our car and uh, talking about Jesus when I had another vision of myself in the third person. I was in this empty room, and a giant blowtorch 
that was much more powerful than a regular blowtorch in real life was blowing all this stuff off of me. And then I saw a shell of myself get blown off of me. Like how a snake sheds its skin, right? But I remained standing as a glowing light. And Samuel said, this represents our old self being crucified. Yes, it does. It represents uh, the wood, the hay, and the stubble of the old life being burned up in the purifying fire of the refiner. Amen. Hebrews 12 and 29, For our God is a consuming fire. Yes, His enemy is the flesh, right? It can't be appeased. It can't be rejuvenated. It, um, it can't be saved. The flesh has to die. The coming of the Lord in His man-child will be to refine His people as priests offering their flesh on the altar of the fiery trial. Malachi 3, 2-4 says this, But who can abide the day of His coming? And who shall stand when He appeareth? For He is like a refiner's fire, like a fuller's soap. He will sit as a refiner and purifier of silver, and He will purify the sons of Levi and refine them as gold and silver. And they shall offer unto the Lord offerings in righteousness. Then shall the offering of Judah and Jerusalem be pleasant unto the Lord, the bride, right? As in the days of old and as in ancient years. Yes, the Lord is coming to do what he did the first time. Because the things that have been are the things that shall be. And the things that have been done are the things that shall be done. There's no new thing under the sun, right? So, Deb Horton got this on 8, 7, and 22. We called it cleaning up our walk through sanctification. In this dream, I was taking a shower in a completely white bathroom that was very brightly lit. I believe this represents the sanctification process under the bright light of Jesus who is the Word made flesh. As the water of the Word poured down over me, I noticed that I was using a white Hanes sock instead of a washcloth, which surprised me. And I believe the sock represents our walk. Amen. I was so happy and thinking, Gosh, it feels so good to get really, really clean for a change. As I scrubbed myself with the sock, and as we read the Word, it renewed our minds and cleans up our walk and our ways. Amen. And then I woke up. The shower um, is the washing by the water with the Word, she says. The bright lighting in the bathroom is... The Word that reveals every speck of dirt, right? Uh, Ephesians five twenty five through 27 comes to mind. 
even as Christ also loved the church and gave himself up for it, that he might sanctify it, having cleansed it by the washing of the water with the word, that he might present the church to himself a glorious church, not having spot or wrinkle or any such thing, but that it should be holy and without blemish. This is God's plan. Please cooperate so you can be there in the end, right? And Samuel Fire on eleven five twenty two received this that we call deeper things revealed, exposed, and overcome. Amen. This is what we need, okay? As I was praying, I heard the Lord say, The deeper things need to be revealed, exposed, and overcome. Use the light to shine and lead the way. So by revealing the deeper hidden things with the light of the Word is how we deal with them, right? Ask God to help you in this process and be sure to be in this process. Don't waste any time. Redeem the days, right? And the Lord went on to say to him, uh, Nothing can hide from my love. When the root is eaten, the plant dies. Well, these hidden sins eat away at the root, which sustains the plant, so that it is not rooted and grounded, quote-unquote, right? He went on to say, lift up and remove the old, which are those hidden ways that he was talking about, fast so as to bind the flesh. Yes, you've got any problems against any, any, any enemies in your flesh? Fasting is great. Yes. I am here and your enemy is scattered. No mixture, no compromise. Getting rid of the mixture again. Right? The mixed multitude. Not only the people who are mixtures, um, but also that old flesh that wants to mix in our soul with the spiritual man. And there's no good. It can't be done. So the Lord said, No mixture, no compromise. Confession and removing leads to being sanctified and blessings will be bestowed on all. That reminds us, of course, of 1 John 1 and 9. If we confess our sins, He is faithful and righteous to forgive us of our sins and to cleanse us of all unrighteousness. Amen. Some people will not confess their sins because they're afraid of rejection and the fear of man won't permit them to confess their sins. And so they keep them and they don't bear any fruit and they will be lost. My son will fight and defeat the enemy in one strike. All the enemy which stands against my people will be in terror and have no strength even to move. Their choice has taken them to a dead end and with no option to come back. And uh, he said, I felt that he was speaking of reprobation of the enemies. Amen. Yep, there are many who are falling away, and they'll never be back. Some will. Praise be to God. Uh, 
He said, Death comes near to those practicing witchcraft who are trying to hide. A sword will cut and divide them away from God's elect. Yes, and that's been happening for some time, especially strong since 2011. In this, uh, in this test by the wicked, we must deliberately crucify our old carnal flesh, for it will only lead to shame and weakness. All who listen to the word and obey will be saved. Amen. When you're being tested, when the wicked is before you, don't give in. Don't give in. Hold fast to the word. Hold fast the confession of your hope. It waver not, for he is faithful that promised. And Claire, again, got ten seventeen twenty two. School of rest rids us of scars. Mm-hmm. She said, I dreamed that I, I believe representing the bride, was in my parents' old house and was setting up my old bedroom as a schoolroom. Even though I have three children in the natural, in the dream I had a long desk that I set up with seven or eight chairs. As I knew the other children would be coming soon, some belonging to my homeschool mom friend named Anna. And Anna means grace. The children of grace will come to the bride's school of rest and learn to have faith and trust in God. Amen. My room being turned into a schoolroom represents the fact that we can only be taught the real gospel when we cease from our own works and enter into the continual rest given to us by Christ. And Rion said, The room in the old house represents the original gospel that is still applicable and able to accommodate those who want to learn and are willing to be taught. Amen. Pride keeps a lot of people from going on. They should be always seeking for the truth and the truthful people to be around. And if they would, they would come out from among them and be separate. Amen. My room had expanded in the dream to accommodate all the school stuff, but my double bed was still there. Well, this represents an increased ability for the bride to reach the elect of God in the great revival that is coming and to bring them into the rest through faith. My clothing cupboard was also there with some of my clothing inside. And uh, the clothing of the bride, of course, is uh, the righteous acts of the saints, which will be on display for all to see as an example of holiness and what is pleasing to the Lord. So um, we see that in Song of Solomon. The, the queens and concubines and the virgins are warning the Shulamite to return so they can look upon her, so they can see what it is that God likes, right? Well, here, Isaiah 61 through 5, Arise and shine, for thy light is come, and the glory of the Lord is risen upon thee. That's the bride. For behold, darkness shall cover the earth, and gross darkness the peoples. Have you ever seen it any worse? <laughs> it's really bad today. 
But the Lord will arise upon thee, and his glory shall be seen upon thee. And nations shall come to thy light, and kings to the brightness of thy rising. Lift up thine eyes round about, and see, they all gather themselves together, they come to thee. Thy sons shall come from far, and thy daughters shall be carried in the arms. Then thou shalt see and be radiant, and thy heart shall thrill and be enlarged, because the abundance of the sea shall be turned unto thee. The wealth of the nations shall come unto thee. Amen. Micah, my oldest child, had a tough time understanding why we'd be schooling here in a bedroom. Well, it's probably because it's representing that the apostate children may have some trouble accepting that they cannot be saved by their self-works. They've got to enter into the rest through faith in God, right? And Rion said, uh, A schoolroom in a bedroom represents being not just hearers of the Word, but doers by learning what the Word says about entering God's rest by ceasing from self-works. Yes, it is true. God's power is made perfect in our weakness. Amen. But when we're weak, we have to believe so that we enter into that rest from our own works. We don't have to worry about it. God's got it in hand, and He's going to take care of it. He's our Savior. Micro. Micah was in and out of the room, going to the bathroom across the hall, representing getting rid of the spiritual waste of false doctrines. Right? She came back with an infected scar between her eyes. Well, the infection here, I believe, represents a false doctrines in the mind of the flesh. Uh, God's cure is Deuteronomy 11 and 18. It says, Therefore, shall you lay up these my words in your heart and in your soul, and you shall bind them for a sign upon your hand, and they shall be for frontlets between your eyes. So what they did was they made these little boxes with Scripture verses in them, and they hung it right there between the eyes, uh, literally obeying what this says. But we know what it means is put the Word of God in your mind, in your forehead, right? Put it there. Hallelujah. I saw the scar, and I immediately started lifting the scar tissue away from the skin, from her nose on up. And Micah said it stung a little bit. I rebuked the pain and told her that there would be no further pain. The old scar lifted off from her nose, even between her eyes, revealing perfect pink, fresh skin underneath. Amen. I believe this represents getting rid of the false doctrines which inhibit our ability to see and discern spiritual, uh, spiritually, represented by the nose and the eyes. Uh, the good news of the true gospel brings healing to God's people.
She was as radiant and beautiful as ever. Oh, how she loved getting rid of that scar. And Rion said, uh, Micah's name means who is like God. Her going to the bathroom represents getting rid of anything spiritually unclean. And then the scar coming off is because she was beholding Jesus in the mirror and being transformed into that same image from glory to glory as she learns the original gospel once preached unto all. Amen. And Gabby Dibble got this on September of 2022. Repentance is warfare against deceptions of the flesh. Amen. I dreamed I was sitting at a table with a couple that were also believers. I was pouring uh, my heart out to them. Well, this represents repentance. Uh, James 5 and 16 says, Confess therefore your sins one to another, and pray one for another, that you may be healed. And the supplication of a righteous man availeth much in its working. The young man mentioned how I had been deceived before, but that God has always pulled me through. And I was just crying and crying, and my heart was so soft and humble at this time, at this table. Okay, James four and ten says, "Humble yourselves in the sight of the Lord, and He shall exalt you." Amen. I was sharing experiences I've had and how I solely just wanted to know the Lord. That I desired to read His Word day and night. I was expressing my love towards the Lord and my need. While I was doing this, it sounded like there was weapons going off in the background as we were talking, and I knew war was taking place. Well, Second Corinthians ten three through six says, "For we though for though we walk in the flesh, we do not war according to the flesh." For the weapons of our warfare are not of the flesh, but mighty before God to the casting down of strongholds, casting down of imaginations, and every high thing that is exalted against the knowledge of God, and bringing every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ, and being in readiness to avenge all disobedience when your obedience shall be made full. So staying in the Word and praying to God and asking for grace is how we stay in this process. And Claire received this, 10, uh, 11, 20, 22. He teaches my hands to war. I dreamed that Rion, representing the man-child, I believe, was showing me how to throw spears into a target. Psalm eighteen thirty four through 40 says, He teaches my hands to war, so that mine arms do bend a bow of brass. Thou hast also given me the shield of thy salvation, and uh, thy right hand hath holden me up, and thy gentleness hath made me great. Thou hast enlarged my steps under me, and my feet have not slipped. Amen. 
I will pursue mine enemies and overtake them. Neither will I turn again until they are consumed. Your biggest enemy, of course, is the old self, right? I will smite them through so that they shall not be able to rise. They shall fall under my feet. For thou hast girded me with strength unto the battle. Thou hast subdued under me those that rose up against me. Thou hast also made mine enemies turn their backs unto me, that I might cut off them that hate me. Amen. So, uh, the spears had to go directly into the target. That's the enemy target, right? And Rion did it perfectly every time. He had about 12 spears. Rion's full name means Little Lion King, and he represents the man-child who has the authority to make apostles. And there were 12 apostles, right? Like Jesus' time. So we're talking about a repetition of that time. And these 12 spears represent those 12 apostles going forth. <clears throat> the words of the apostles teach the bride body to, to fight in the Spirit. Ephesians 2 and 19 through 22 says, So then, you're no more strangers and sojourners, but you are fellow citizens with the saints and of the household of God, being built upon the foundation of the apostles and prophets, Christ Jesus himself being the chief cornerstone, in whom each several building, fitly framed together, groweth into a holy temple in the Lord, in whom you also are builded together for a habitation of God in the Spirit. So Rion showed me how to do it and gave me some spears to try it out. I was so tired in this dream and really struggled even to lift my hand to throw the spear. I missed badly the first couple of times, and he suggested I stand up and try. And when I did that, I was infused with energy, vitality, and precision, and I threw every remaining spear directly into the target. Well, the words that the apostles gave unto us, friends, uh, we have to use them as a weapon against the enemy, like the sword of the word of the Lord, right? Romans 14 and 4 says, Who art thou that judges the servant of another? To his own Lord he standeth or falleth. Yea, he shall be made to stand. That means to be strong, right? Like it did in this dream. You shall be made to stand, for the Lord hath power to make him stand. So lean upon the Lord. He can make you stand. He can make you throw the weapons. He can make you fire the the arrows. And uh, the Lord's arrows were his children that were shot forth from him uh, to bring about a change in the world, right? So, standing up represents fighting against our flesh nature and our thought life that weakens us spiritually so that we can't fight the enemy properly, right? I noticed some girls from my school days who were younger than me 
uh, representing those who are stunted in apostasy. In the dream, they were still the same age as in the past, and I was trying to show them how to throw the spears. However, most of them had no idea or desire to learn. They were all blonde and pretty, but they were standing in between me and the target. It seemed they'd be taken out by me uh, throwing my spears. And Rion said, If you don't have the willingness to participate in the teaching to train up the bride, you'll be taken out by the spears. And I, I would say, because it says in James 4 and 17, To him therefore that knoweth to do good, and doeth it not, to him it is sin. Wow, we have to remember that. And uh, Claire had this one on eight sixteen twenty two. Bride gets on the bus. Don't miss it. Yes, don't miss the bus. I dreamed I was in a big church with red chairs, and the church building was moving down a street. People were coming into the church and were waiting for something to to begin. And I believe this represents a mass exodus from the harlot church. The elect of God are on the move towards a great revival in the body of Christ in these last days. And God is going to judge, by the way, the apostate leadership uh, so that people can understand and see that these people don't know what to do in the wilderness. You have to go to the people who walk by faith and know how to live in the wilderness. I went to the back of the church, and there was a white bus that was pushing this church along. So the church was being moved, right? The church building was being moved down the street, and a white bus was pushing this church along. It was a double or triple-decker bus. And as we will see, this this white bus represents the first fruits man-child reformers who will move the larger body of Christ into the latter rain anointing and revival. The bus had long enough seats that could be made into beds, and I remember thinking, okay, great, I can rest now. Yes, many people uh, when they come under the ministry of the man-child and bride, will learn to rest. They are struggling like uh, Paul in uh, Romans chapter 7, where the good that he wanted to do, he wasn't doing. And because he hadn't entered into the rest, he was fearful and troubled. But I thank God through Jesus Christ. Jesus has done it. Amen. I can rest now. I had to climb up the stairs of this multi-level bus to the top level, which was open air. Well, the top level represents our spiritual man where the fruit of Christ is born. And the, the bride has 60-fold fruit at this time. Right? Just when I thought I had no energy left, it started raining. Well, the former and the latter rain will fall just in time for the great revival, right? 
And uh, no one else was on that top level with me except one of my children. Okay, that represents, I believe, the bride and her spiritual man-child, the one who is growing and living in her, right? So only our personal man-child in us will accompany us to the top where we eventually will bear a hundredfold fruit of Christ in us. She said there was only one bed with white sheets up there on the top level. Yes, this top level is reserved for those who have overcome all the stormy trials to make it to the top where the rest uh, of purity is. The white sheets, right? I laid down as the rain splattered onto me. I was expecting cold rain, but it was warm and pleasant, and I didn't get cold once it touched my skin. This is probably representing the former rain anointing that falls upon the bride when the man-child reformer ministry begins. Amen? I was so happy to lie down on the white sheets of the bed. Despite working so hard, my white shoes were not dirty at all. Not even the soles were dirty. My little top-level bus bed was completely clean and white. So our pure walk is what gets us to the top of Mount Zion. And uh, we will abide in Him to walk as He walked. Amen. And then I woke up, she said. I asked the Lord for a word by faith at random for this dream and received Lamentations three fifty six through 57. Thou heardest my voice, hide not thy ear at my breathing, at my cry. Thou drewest near in the day that I called upon thee. Thou saidest, fear not. Well, amen. Fear not. Get in the race, saints. Um, we don't have time for distractions. Please hear me. God is saying this over and over, as you have heard uh, the last couple of broadcasts. We don't have time for distractions. And I want to say this. Um, we have a, a, an awesome revival going forth in the Middle East and in Africa. And uh, there are casualties going on in those areas. Uh, there's a lot of hunger, a lot of um, um, just mess. I saw pictures being sent to us by our uh, wonderful evangelist in um, the Middle East of uh, the, the children that had come to them. A man came to them recently just really heartbroken because there was a large building uh, full of uh, young children, and the person who was uh, supplying the needs uh, died, and so they didn't have those contributions anymore to keep the place going. So our evangelist took on this responsibility for these children 
It's now almost 500 children in this building. And get this, they had, uh, I forget, I think there was like 11 bathrooms, but now there's only one that works. And, uh, of course, they're dirty. Uh, they're getting, he said, having skin diseases and things like this. There's not enough food. Um, we have been able to sustain um, the evangelization and uh, the missionaries going forth in both there and in Africa, but this is just overwhelming. And uh, any of you that would like to uh, help support this, please send us your money. I guarantee it will go there. And um, it will go to this need. Uh, I've looked at the pictures, and it's just really heartbreaking of what's going on there. And the governments, they don't care. I mean, that's the problem with a lot of, uh, well, I'll just say it, Muslim governments. This life is cheap. But, but Christians are stepping out. So... Despite um, uh, the hard work that's being done, there's a lot more that needs to be done. Anything you can do to help these people, that would be great. It will just pass right through us to them. I guarantee it in the name of Jesus. It's uh, more than our ministry can handle uh, at this time. So God bless you and keep you. And Father... We just ask, we know that your word says, given it will be given unto you, good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over, shall men give unto your bosom. And store up your treasures in heaven, where moth and rust and thieves don't break through and steal. Get light, saints, get light. Don't get distracted by the things of the world. Get light. You're going to need to be there, or you're going to lose it. I'm just going to tell you. So, um... Get light. Sell the things that you have. That, that, Like Jesus told the rich young ruler, sell that which you have and come and follow me. But he had many things that were holding him back. And, of course, the Lord was sad about that. And we should take the command not just to mean that rich young ruler, but ourselves. You know, we, we need to uh, get light and get mobile and not be distracted with the things of the world or the love of the things of the world. In the name of Jesus, Father, we just ask you to set us free from all of these attachments and all of this um, distraction of the things of the world at this time and put it in our hearts, Lord, to run after you totally and to be holy and to be righteous. And thank you, Father, for what you're doing Thank you for granting us repentance from these distractions and turning our hearts towards you and uh, seeking first the kingdom of God and your righteousness so that all these other things will be supplied. Thank you so much, Father. In the name of Jesus, God bless you, saints. Thank you, Lord, for letting all the brethren join us today. And thank you for uh, blessing the work in the Middle East and in Africa. I don't mention specific places because there are people that want to do everything they can to destroy these people by slandering and and so on and so forth. These are demonically uh, possessed people. And um, so we cast down their works and their efforts. 
to destroy these people. We rebuke it in Jesus' name. Amen. And not only that, if you you're happen to be in a Muslim country, you have to be very careful with the gospel. Very careful. It could cost you your life. So we're not. We don't say much. Thank you, Father, for what you're doing. We love you. We praise you. We know you're going to be totally successful. We thank you so much for this awesome revival that's going forth. Multitudes coming into the kingdom. Thousands upon thousands of people coming into the kingdom, and uh, turning and sharing with their brethren. Thank you, Lord, for this in Jesus' name. Glory be to God. Amen. Amen. All right, saints, we'll do it again sometime. God bless you and keep you. Amen. For information, materials, and to contribute, go to unleavenedbreadministries.org. Contributions only may be addressed to David Eels. Post Office Box 231616, Montgomery, Alabama, 36123. Though the mountains fall into the sea, though the rivers rise, I still believe. For your mercy stands and your word is true, oh Jesus, I trust in you. And when I face that darkest night, what will Shining rays of red and white Jesus, I trust in you Sacred heart in you I find Mercy seated for all time I am yours and you are mine Oh Jesus, I trust in you Though the mountains fall into the sea still believe, for your mercy stands and your word is true, oh Jesus, I trust in you. Though the mountains fall into the sea, though the rivers rise, I still believe, for your mercy stands and your word is true, oh Jesus, my Lord Jesus.